You're listening to Hashtag Going Viral, hosted by Anna Watson, the podcast where we talk to 12 TikTokers that have gone viral, become influencers, gotten brand deals, or just have a message to share. So stay tuned and enjoy. Hello, and thank you for listening to Hashtag Going Viral, and welcome back. I'm your host, Anna Watson. This is the third episode of the final mini-series, Ones to Follow, where we talk to TikTok influencers to find out how they do what they do and how they got there. This week's guest's honest and reliable Wish product reviews led her to being verified on TikTok. Say hello to Miss Abigail Weimer. Hey, Abigail, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for doing this. I would love to know how you got on TikTok, like, and how long ago was it? Um, I would say it's been about two, three years now um, that I've had TikTok, and for a while it was just, like, for fun, you know, it was the trend and everybody was getting it, and even for a while, I held off. I was like, oh, I don't want to be basic. I don't want to get it. And then I was like, well, I'll just see what it's about. So when you first started, were you already making videos or did you wait a little bit and kind of see what was going on? I always kind of made videos, but they weren't like my typical content that I make now. They were just kind of like, oh, here's a little trendy dance that's going on. And back then, a lot of creators like hadn't like found their niche yet. So it was really just like for fun. It wasn't any type of thing. It was kind of like, I mean, your basic high schooler account, you know. <laughs> so besides it being your first impression of it being basic, what mm-hmm. else did you think of TikTok? That it's very addicting. <laughs> I was on it all the time. Um, I really enjoyed that it kind of never ended, but then that kind of became like what's so addicting about it. Um, I could go on forever about my opinions on the whole algorithm thing and, you know, but yeah, it really just stood out that I thought it was cool that any creator really had an equal chance finally of going quote viral or really having a video blow up and um, allowing you to kind of figure out what kind of videos you want to make. So I really appreciated that. It was kind of equal opportunity. Like no one had a head start. It was all a fair playing, playing field. So at what point did you notice that you were going from a, a normal user and creator to really becoming an influencer? It probably started, I had this one video around this time, it was like quarantine and I had ordered a couple online products and I was like, oh, I'll just do a cute little unboxing video, kind of like how people would do like Shein hauls. And Mm -hmm. I noticed that the first couple times I made them, the videos got maybe a couple thousand views, like 3,000 views. And I was like, okay, well, that's like a good bit for my account. I was getting like 100 views at the time, just like my friends and family. So I was like, okay, maybe there's like, maybe there's a spot here to really start exploring that people are interested in this. Um, So I just really kept filming, you know, the orders I was already purchasing um, from Wish. And it really hit an all-time high when one of my videos um, caught the attention after blowing up of Wish and their company. And it's just been such a cool opportunity. And since then, I've really just continued working within that niche of 
reviewing products so you don't have to. It's kind of like my brand or whatever. Um, and it's just such a fun hobby to get to do, and it's been such a blessing. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of grown from there. So I have a few questions from that because how – can you talk a little bit about how that relationship developed with Wish and um, has that relationship continued? Yes. Yeah, so I can't probably say too much just because of confidentiality and I don't want to um, betray any trust there, but um, they just reached right. out and – said, hey, we saw your video. We'd love to um, share it on our page if you give us permission. I was like, yes, absolutely. Like, that's the coolest thing ever. Um, And then from there, we just kind of started corresponding back and forth and came up with an agreement on um, some terms of working together in the future and um, the content I would be making, kind of representing them in a way. Um, So, yeah, we do still keep in contact and work together. And I have so much respect for the people that work for Wish, and honestly, they're so. I feel so personally connected to so many people at Wish. It's been a really cool experience to get to know the faces behind the company. That's awesome, and what like an amazing opportunity too. Right. Yeah, and, and so fun, <laughs> especially for something that you were already buying. Right. That's that's probably the coolest part. That it was like. And I think maybe that's why the content that I was making did so well is I do try to keep it 100% honest. And that is something that I've valued so highly is like keeping my creative rights to the videos and being like, hey, I'm going to be honest with my audience. Like if this product isn't what it should be, let's talk about it. And let's talk about how we can all improve and how the products can be improved and just that kind of thing. So definitely been a great learning curve but it's been really good you've mentioned your brand and Mm -hmm. your specific niche do you feel are you happy with your niche do you ever wish you could branch out and if you have tried to how have your followers responded to that no yeah that's a really good question to answer the first part of that I do love my little niche that I have or um, what I do because like we talked about earlier, I really feel like it's representative of my honest opinion and like what I enjoy to do. I love online shopping. I mean, who doesn't? Um, But it's really just become almost like a hobby to me. So it's very close to my heart. And of course, like that's what um, allowed me to have the platform that I have right now. And so I will forever be grateful for that little brand or whatever that I've made for myself. But Um, I would say that sometimes, to answer your other question, I do um, find myself wanting to be, I guess, a little bit more well-rounded in my content because I feel like I have really um, narrowed down to a specific type of content that I'm creating. And sometimes I really feel like, you know, I want to share something that's more personal to my life, like about my fiance or like about my lifestyle and like I'm really into the gym and fitness and reading and I have other hobbies outside of just what I'm posting so I guess to answer your question yes I do sometimes want to post more about like my personal life and I feel like in some ways my followers have responded really positively in terms of like I'll post sometimes about my fiance and just little sweet things he does and whatnot, and they've responded really well, and I've seen um, the videos get 
good engagement and attention and really positive reviews, but um, I've seen the algorithm not so much pushing my videos that I make about maybe my gym routine or something that's more personal to myself, I guess, um, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, but I do kind of have questions about how the algorithm works in that regard of what it chooses to push of which content. Right. Well, one, congrats about your fiancé. That's so exciting. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Do you also, what is your, so we've talked about TikTok. Mm -hmm. What is your presence on social media like with other platforms like Instagram, Spotify? Yeah. Um, So, I really would say that all of my other social media presence is very personal to me. Um, so it's more like what you'd see, just like a typical person that's not doing any type of social media influencing or whatnot. And it's really just like, I think Instagram might be the only other one that I'm heavily on. And that's just where I post like my personal life photos and little updates. And that's just like kind of narrowed down to friends and family. Um, I have a couple people from TikTok that have followed me on Instagram, and I so appreciate it. But I do kind of try to keep branded content to TikTok um, Mm. and just keep those areas of my life separate. As you have seen more people following you on TikTok, do you see more of them wanting to find you on other apps? Hmm. No, I would say probably not, actually. Um, I think right now, because TikTok is such a big deal and what's going on, I feel like it's really captured people's attention spans to where people are no longer desiring to watch a 10-minute YouTube video. They're not wanting to sit through something that's not that instant gratification, instant hook, if that makes sense. So um, Mm -hmm. I've seen a little bit of people asking me to do YouTube, but I really haven't seen that big push of people wanting to move off of TikTok just with the way that the algorithm is set up and you can just swipe through all my videos. And um, so I would say probably not, actually. I find that a little surprising. I feel like the more people follow and watch you, the more they would want to know about your life. Which I absolutely understand keeping them separate. Right. You would think that. I think... Um, maybe just for the content that I personally am creating, it's not so much me that they're looking at. It's more I'm just reflective of a brand. I'm reflective of a shopping experience. I'm just kind of the poster girl, if that makes sense. So um, I think maybe had I gotten my platform, for example, someone such as like her last name, Victoria Paris, I think her last name is. That might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um but she's really big on TikTok and she's more of like a lifestyle person. And people are like looking to the way she's doing her decorating to the way she goes around New York City and stuff like that. So it's like there is that interest. And same with people like Emma Chamberlain, who are really big right now across all platforms. It's like you're more focused on the person themselves. They are their brand versus I'm representing a brand, if that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. So one other thing, though, is I noticed you have a pretty little blue check mark 
by your TikTok <laughs> handle, if I'm not mistaken. That's Could you tell true, me a little yeah. bit about how that came to be and maybe how it changed, if it changed the way you use or view the app? Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know how secretive TikTok is about the whole verification pro- process and all that. Um, it kind of happened basically overnight. I um, I received an email from one of the representatives at TikTok, and they were like, hey, we've seen your content. We think it's great. If you'd be interested in becoming a verified creator, I think you had to fill out a little bit of paperwork. Um, and they're like, and then you should see a blue check. And it was actually really funny. Right after I got verified, a lot of comments were like, hey, no offense, but like, since when are you verified? Like, how how on earth are you verified? And, like, there are these, like, huge content creators that haven't received that. So I'm not really sure what standards go into becoming verified. Um, but it's definitely different. It kind of – it's interesting in interacting with people, like, on my For You page or, like, commenting because I, I'm very self-conscious about what I post because – having that blue check mark, you are representing TikTok and you're not an anonymous person anymore. And it's like people see what you say and what you say matters. And so I think it's been so interesting the way that even just me as a user, before I was verified, I would look through the comment section and like go find someone who is verified if they commented and just like see, oh, how many followers does that person have? That's so cool. And they really become like, almost like these icons. And I just remember feeling that way before even I was verified. I was like, man, verified people are so cool. And like now that I'm verified, it's like really weird because I just don't see myself that way. That's so interesting, yeah. I mean, I think you describe it perfectly. There is like that preconception of someone being verified. It's just like the blue check on Twitter, you know? Exactly, exactly. Or even on Instagram, you're like, whoa, they're like literally famous. Like, <laughs> and I'm just absolutely not. So, mm-hmm. Honestly, it's confused me so much on TikTok having non-famous people not be verified because yeah. they're so new to the app. I'm like, right. who's this amazingly good deep fake? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely weird. And then you'll see like some accounts that are verified have like, couple thousand followers and you're like so what I've just I guess I've always wondered what's the criteria for becoming a verified creator because you see such a range of people it's not just like on Instagram where you're a celebrity or you're a really big brand it's like you can be anybody it seems and you can have any size of following to get verified it's just really interesting no I agree that is super interesting you would think that there'd be a certain number that people would have to reach. Right. I mean, that, I there, mean it's simple. Right. Well, there are certain ones, like, to go live, I think you have to have, like, 10,000 followers or, or a 1,000. It's, like, a 1,000 or something. Um, but it's interesting that they have those kind of criteria, like, oh, well, if you don't have a 1,000 followers, you're not cool enough or important enough for us to let you go live versus, like, it doesn't seem consistent. I can kind of understand the lives bit because do you remember when, I mean, I assume, I think we're around the same age. And so when all the schools went to Zoom and people Mm. would Zoom bomb all the calls, 
I do remember I can see that. It being kind of like a regulatory I'm thing so to make good. sure like people that aren't serious aren't going on and ruining the app. Okay, that totally makes sense. Like you have to have some kind of <laughs> some kind of authority to go to go live. That makes sense, I guess, because every time you go live, you are representing content on the app and don't want anything going up that shouldn't be up. That is still like I don't know. Because if I were the person working that job, being wanting or picking who got verified, I would hate to have to go through all of their content and look at their comments and write a ton of heavy work. It'd it'd be so much easier to just look at numbers. Right. It's it's definitely a whole thing. It's so interesting how marketing and social media has been evolving. It's just. It's crazy to me to kind of, it's been nice to kind of have a peek behind the curtain, if you will, um, just to kind of see how things are done behind the scenes. There's a lot more work that goes into it than I think users even see. Would you like to expand on that a little bit? I I wasn't really thinking of anything specific, um, but just kind kind of the world behind I guess I was mainly alluding to the communication that goes on behind the scenes and the so many emails. Like I I have so many emails to go through on a constant basis and I, I don't mind. It's, it's become like a little fun job for me. Um, but it's definitely a lot. It's a lot more work. I think you just see this 15 to 60 second video and it doesn't look like that much, but the actual process that goes on with communicating with brands and contracts and creating the actual content is extremely time-consuming for just such a short little clip. Um, And you really don't see any of that when you're just swiping through, getting that serotonin as you go through your For You page, these little videos. But really, those probably took creators like hours to go through and edit and film, especially bigger creators who really put a lot of time and effort into setting up lighting and hair and makeup and just stuff like that, I guess. Like, you just don't really see that side of TikTok until you are in the creation of the videos. Niches are very important in finding one's place in the free market, yet it can be dangerous too. It's important that niches aren't too confining. According to entrepreneur.com, While focusing on one vertical can form a strong basis for a business, once that platform is built, moving into other verticals can ensure your brand's longevity. Plus, adapting to new sets of customers and their challenges can strengthen your product or service. If your niche is too small, you run into the threat of maxing out on the potential clients slash followers in that pool. Be sure to check out our socials linked below for fun content and any updates. Our blog sharing a similar message will be posted at 3 p.m. today. We have only one episode left on hashtag going viral, so stay TikTok savvy, my friends, and tune in next week to hashtag going viral for the finale. Thanks for listening to hashtag going viral. We post a new episode each Friday at noon. For more enjoyable content, follow our socials linked below. See you next week.